Alrighty, tidy. We are live, ready to rumble, and ready to go. Welcome, everybody. Episode 13, live edition of the Archives podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a good chunk of stuff, in particularly gonna be talking about why i think luke skywalker's the goat gonna give him his own little segment in the new segment that we're calling star wars character spotlight gonna talk a little bit about some lore and some history gonna delve into some theories gonna hit up some of the mailbag questions as we have seven questions today and then talk about some upcoming episodes And we are alive. Yes. Ready to rumble. And we're having a good time. My cat's going crazy. So if you see me looking over here, it's because my cat's going nuts. Um, but we're doing good. Life is good. Feeling good. And recently, I've been in a really big audiobook kick. I've been listening to Star Wars Shadows of the Sith recently, which I want to say the book came out in 2021, 2022. So it's a very new book. And the book follows Luke Skywalker, Lando Calrissian, and Ray's parents. Those are the three point of views that we follow. We also follow this Sith acolyte woman who is very scary. But I love the book to death. We also get a little bit of Ben Solo, a little bit of Lorsan Tekka. Um, and one of my favorite parts of the book is the interaction with Force Ghost Anakin that we get. It's one of my favorite books that we've gotten. Genuinely. And I know it's just a lore dump. It's, it's just a lore dump for episode 7, 8, and 9. But I think it's a really fun and really good story. Um... Before I even picked up the book, you know, I was drawn in. They always say never judge a book by its cover. Who believes that? Who believes that? We're human beings. We're judgmental. It's what we do. I have no issues, no qualms with it. You know, as long as you're being real, you're being real. That's what I say. But the thing about the book that I truly loved. The thing about it was, and I'm not done with it. I think I'm in chapter 31, right? But the thing about it is just how easy it is. And I'm listening to it. It's an audiobook. But it's very easy to follow along. It's very easy to stay 
on top of to stay with and something that I've thoroughly enjoyed with the book is the switching from point of views chapter to chapter but it tells you before you begin the chapter where you're at where it takes place in the story and it just sets you up right and no two chapters back to back follow the same character so it keeps you engaged keeps you really engaged and i've never read a book like that before i've read books where it's had different point of views but i've never read a book where there's this many point of views i'll say because like i said you get luke skywalker you get to know his inner thoughts and feelings lando calrissian what's going on with lando at the moment ochi of bestoon the sith lady i don't know her name yet ray's parents We flip-flop between these five point of views and it's a breathtaking, marvelous piece. And I've never read anything by this author before either. I believe his name is Adam Christopher. Big shout out. And I'm going to put the cover art on screen for us because even the cover art is beautiful. Even the cover art makes you want to actually pick this book up. Like, that's just sensational stuff right there. You know what I'm saying? That's just sensational stuff right there. And as you read it, you understand more and more about each individual character. The one thing that is kind of captivating for me especially is how well that they capture these characters with the voice actors and it's something that i wanted to talk about and i'm gonna go in more depth in its own private little video this week and that's the continued advancement of voice acting of audiobooks and just how special i think things could get now i know a lot of people myself included i am very pro artist i say you know never take the brush from an artist in the sense of you don't want anyone to ever lose their job you don't want anyone to ever, you know, lose work, lose a job, um, especially in the arts, you know what I'm saying? And given with the advancement of AI, advancement of AI voices, you know, you get to get a Darth Vader singing Demons by Imagine Dragons. You get to hear that. I think it would be really cool if we were offered the opportunity to get characters voicing themselves 
through AI in audiobooks. I don't want to have people lose their jobs, first and foremost. It's not what I want. Because the people that do these voiceovers for these books are truly incredible. They're truly incredible. And it gives me a kind of pedestal that I know I'm going to have to hit when I do the voiceovers for my book. Because I'm writing my book. I'm doing the cover for my book. I'm doing the editing for my book. I'm doing the publishing for my book. And I will do the audiobook for my book. It's all being done by me. You know, I'm not asking for help. I'm not really seeking help. The most I'll do is I'll shoot ideas off of my friends who have an outside perspective. Same thing with my girlfriend. She's incredible with that. Um, because she doesn't know Star Wars. It's easy to then get an unbiased point of view simply based around the story, around dialogue. It's really nice. And I'm also trying to just do justice to George Lucas's characters, whom I feel were kind of slighted, disrespected in some of the movies that have been put out recently. Speaking of movies that have been put out recently, um, on my birthday, my birthday was the 30th. Halloween, I also did some celebratory stuff with family. Um, which So we didn't. And then the, the Sunday, the 29th, I was chilling with my girlfriend on FaceTime. Didn't really have a chance to record this podcast, hence why it's going live now, why it's essentially a day late, um, because so much was going on. And I couldn't do it live at like five today because I was sick. I was resting. I tried streaming, streamed for an hour until my game eventually just crashed. And then I literally just couldn't play it anymore. I have to figure out why it crashed. And it, it just wasn't a great time. It wasn't a great time. But where we're at right now with it is I simply just needed a little bit of a rest. A little bit of a reprieve. And that's where we're at now. So as I move forward today, you know, I'm still not feeling great. We're going to lose this. I'm still not feeling great. I have a really bad head cold. Um, my head's just absolutely ringing. And I'm giving it my all. <laughs> I'm giving it my all. But the thing that I wanted to do more than anything was this podcast. Because how much I just absolutely love doing the podcast. You know, this podcast is what I look forward to. Content creation-wise, every single week... Because we're 13 episodes deep and we have not missed an episode apart from when I was in Scotland, you know? That's the only time that we ever had a week off. How crazy is that? 13 weeks in a row with one week in the middle. And we've been going strong ever since. But as I was, you know, resting this weekend, I've been watching some Star Wars 
I haven't watched Star Wars in a minute. And what I ended up watching was episode seven, which, you know, I love. And that took me into episode eight. Episode eight instantly kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. It kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies because let's face it, folks. Outside looking in, inside looking out. The Last Jedi. It's a good movie. It just doesn't feel right to me. You know, when I sit there and I watch A New Hope. I sit there and I watch Empire Strikes Back. I sit there and I watch Clone Wars. I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. And I don't want that to be the takeaway of this. Because it's a good movie. It's just tough Star Wars. Right? The, the dialogue. The types of jokes. The comedic timing. It feels like a bad comedy. And it, it shot weird. The cinematography is really good. But... The writing, I just have to say, is piss poor. Um, the way that I view it is it's a sabotage. It's a sabotage of what could have been a really good story. And it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Because I really wanted to see where we were going to go with the storylines that we had coming out of episode 7. Who are Ray's parents? What's Luke Skywalker up to? Why is Luke Skywalker on this island all alone? What's going on with this? I wanted to know all of that. And the unsettling issue was we didn't get answers. We got explanations. We weren't given the information. They kind of just danced around it. And I think that to me is what kind of soured it for me. Coming out of the theaters, I thought it was one of the sickest movies I've ever seen. And I think that's because of just how awe-inspiring it was cinematography-wise. Character-wise, I think the acting was phenomenal, but in-universe, I'm talking in-universe because I don't like to go out of the universe. I'm not a film critic. I don't know what I'm talking about. In-universe, though... I felt like the characters, the two main characters, Kylo and Rey, blended so well and so nicely because they were both at the kind of similar point in their character where they were both trying to figure out who the hell they are, right? Because at one point, you have Kylo who doesn't know who he is he's really never known who he is and for the first time in his life like everything that he's always thought that he is is being rejected and when he offers ray the power to join him because he thinks oh to be what i want i need to have power well ray rejects that ray rejects his ideas of power his ideas of domination and that makes him kind of suffer. Like, what is it that I need then? 
Is it closure? Is it family? And it really messes with Ben. I have to let my cat out real quick, folks. Two seconds. She will be back in here within a minute, so don't you worry. But with Ben, he kind of gets flustered and emotional, and he reacts how anybody would in that situation, you know? He lets his emotions evoke. Now, this is a kid who, for the first 15 years of his life, as a Force-sensitive person, as a Jedi, he was taught, you know, you need to contain your emotions. This isn't what a, a Jedi does. He doesn't know how to react, how to talk. He went through adolescence in the Jedi Temple, you know? No other kid his age had done that in 40 years. So... It's just a little bit different, you know? And when Ben was coming up, he had all the expectations in the world. When Ben was coming up, he was expected to inherit the Jedi Temple when Luke was done with it. How crazy is that? Like, here's this kid. He's 13 years old. He's leading lessons. He's of the, the Skywalker heritage. His uncle is Luke Skywalker. Arguably the greatest Jedi of all time. Grandson to Anakin Skywalker. Son of Leia Organa. Just imagine the pressure that this kid's under. Like, no wonder he turned to the dark side. Look at how many kids that you grew up with. Look at how many of them, you know, how many goths did you meet? How many emo kids did you meet? How many kids that rebelled did you meet? Tons. How many of them came from good families? Tons. How many came from bad families? Tons. You just never know and you can never judge because you never know what's going on between someone's ears. You never know what's going on in someone's heart. You know, all we can do is judge right because we're judgmental that's what humans do we judge the issue is sometimes it's unfair because you don't know what's going on and in the case of ben solo in the case of luke skywalker neither of them really knew what was going on you know it, canonically luke was doing his damnedest he was doing his best he was doing the best that he could he was trying to do it the right way he was using outside help. He was recruiting, doing the best that he could, trying to keep people involved. And in Shadows of the Sith, again, fantastic book. I implore everyone, Star Wars fan or not, give it a read. Because it, it really is just a beautiful book. It's a great book. Teaches tons of lessons. You get to see the human side of a Jedi. 
the struggles, the insecurities, the inner thoughts, the feelings, the fears that someone as great as Luke Skywalker even features. And that's why I love this book so much. And I, I don't want to finish it. You know, it's one of those books that you don't want to end. Um, because with this book, there really is nothing from here onwards. The book that I'm writing takes place a little bit before where it starts a little bit after at the end of the first book. And then if I want to do a second and third book, they're going to be a few years after, but there's really no media in between this book and episode seven apart from like comics and stuff but i mean with those you really take them with a pinch of salt it really depends on your opinion on the comics but i've always been open-minded and you know me if you're a long-time listener if you're a short-time listener i'm the biggest anakin skywalker fan in the world but there comes time when you just have to sit there and admit Luke Skywalker is probably the greatest Jedi of all time. And this is why I think that reason. Firstly, the pressures that he has had to act through, not go through, but act through, you know, he was essentially the heart of the rebellion against the galactic empire as a 18 19 21 year old kid facing up against sith lords facing up against him his father the emperor and he really did for the time being bring balance to the force he really did I do look at Luke Skywalker as the actor of the Chosen One philosophy, of the Chosen One prophecy, rather. But the thing that I love most about Luke, especially in the movies, is how well he adapts. You know, if something's not going the right way, he's the last person that's going to be panicking. But he's the first person that's going to offer a suggestion. He's going to offer a solution. And that's what him and his sister are both phenomenal at. It's another reason why I love Leia. And why I think Leia is one of the best characters in the entirety of the saga itself. is just because of the depth of her character. And how deep that it truly gets. I find oftentimes that we forget about the supporting characters, right? Because that's inevitably what Leia is, is a supporting character. And the issue is with those supporting characters is we often put the main character's story on a pedestal. Whereas I feel like in the story of Star Wars, it's not, it's not really all about the main character. Of course, Star Wars is the story of Anakin Skywalker. But at the same time, we're being blessed and we're being told some amazing stories of how many 
thousands of characters, you know? For my birthday gift for myself, I plan on getting the archives. <laughs> Fun, funny, funny enough. The archives by Paul Duncan. And I'm going to get both editions. I'm going to get the old school edition and the prequel edition. And I'm really excited for those. I'm thoroughly excited for those. Because as much as I know about the galaxy far, far away, there's just so much that I don't know, so much that I can't wait to uncover. Because I love this stuff, man. I really deeply love this stuff. It makes me happy. It gives me hope. It tells me that no matter how bad it gets, there's always going to be hope. And for me personally, something that I really resonate with Luke Skywalker in is his relationship with his father is a almost damn near exact similarity of my relationship with my father. At a certain point, you know, my first nine years of my life, my dad was my hero. He was my Superman. When I was nine years old, he was diagnosed with bladder cancer. He was given three months to live. So the hospital was like, you know, we're going to send you and your family to Disneyland. Go enjoy it. Go have fun with your family. And we went to Disneyland. Had a blast, right? Well, four months later, my dad's still alive. And while he's still alive, he's just not himself, right? He's a different person. And... You know, he, he beats it. He beats cancer after chemotherapy, after surgeries, after literal tubes were sticking out of each extremity and he was getting daily injections, steroids, shots, pills, this, that, the other. Imagine, you know, I... Uh, I never like to think without context. Just imagine what he must have been going through every day. Hearing multiple times that you have blank days to live, right? It, it can't, it has to be a really, really lonely place mentally. And I understand that. When I'm 10 years old, my dad really, really abuses me for the first time like i'm talking serious stuff serious stuff and from 10 to 16 it was basically torment day in and day out you never knew which which guy you were gonna get you go downstairs he's got a cocktail he's got a beer it's 8 a.m great guy though i gotta say Cause that's all I knew. I knew my dad. 
<laughs> and he said, good night, little boy. And I said, bye, soy boy. And he just laughed. I don't like Silas. The thing that my dad did that I will never, ever, ever forget is he got me into Star Wars. He got me into Star Wars. You know, he took us to episode two at Regal Cinema Theaters because we got two tickets and a Lucky Charms box. It came with the lightsaber spoons. He took me and my two brothers, episode two. And for me, I always saw good in my dad, no matter what happened. I always saw good in him. And I knew there was good in him. You know, I didn't have the greatest relationship with him. But I always knew that there was a good guy in there that was just you know he just didn't he had the worst dealt deck that you can get man truly but at the end of the day he kind of just squandered it but he was my hero and I always looked at our relationship like Luke's and Anakin's, you know? I never gave up hope on my dad. And that's why Star Wars really is special to me because every time I watch it, I think of my dad. And I think, what would he think about this right now? I wonder what his opinion is. And that for me is what makes Luke Skywalker the greatest character because everyone gets something different from Luke Skywalker. Some people get nostalgia. Some people get hope. Some people get chills. Some people get exhilarated. With me, I get to see my father again. And that's something that I'll never, ever be able to repay to Star Wars because truthfully, as, as captivating, as great as it is, it's really as simple as that, you know, girl, I, I grew up with the first nine years of my life with Anakin Skywalker and the rest of it was with Darth Vader but I, I always knew that there was good in him and I love Luke Skywalker because he always sees the good in people no matter what and that's why I think Luke Skywalker is the greatest of all time we can talk about his powers we can talk about his kill list. We can talk about him blowing up the Death Star. Destroying the Sith. But for me. It's just the hope that he always gave me. You know. He really is a, 
insane representation of the everyman. He's a five foot nine guy who took down an entire empire with the weight of the world on his shoulders. You gotta love that. That's cinema. That's a story. That's Star Wars. And by golly, I freaking love Star Wars. So shout out to Luke Skywalker. He is our character spotlight of the week. Moving on to the next segment, we're going to talk about a little bit about some lore, a little bit about some history, and my favorite time period in Star Wars, the Civil War, the Galactic Civil War. War. And of course, this does take place between the Empire and the Rebels. And again, it is just head and shoulders. It's got to be the best trilogy. It's got to be the best trilogy. I love it to death. I love Star Wars to death. I love the prequels to death. But for my money, man, like... The original trilogies are just different gravy. And my brother asked me a really good question a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And he asked me about the societal aging of the original trilogy. And how well or not that they aged. With the original trilogy... Story-wise, I think it doesn't get any better, truthfully. Story-wise, I don't know how much better that you can actually get. As a whole, I don't think that there's a better IP anywhere on the market. I don't think you're going to find a better IP in any show, any form of fiction. I just don't think it exists, truthfully. I don't think anything is better than Star Wars. Nine episodes with side movies, side TV shows, brand new characters damn near every year. Expanded upon characters that you love. Comics, books, audiobooks. If you're into it, animes. <laughs> I am not. Video games. Like, there's not a realm. My bad cat has came into the room. Big Luke. There's not a realm where star wars doesn't touch and it doesn't dominate and it doesn't create magic excuse me what are you doing my sweet pea i got a new flag for my room i got the union jack I am thinking about getting a 
Star Wars flag, like an Empire flag, but that is a not a. Leia, please, Leia, please. You're just you're too playful, honey. You're too playful. Everything's a toy. It's a very deep investment to make. Um, so I'm thinking about it. We're, we're considering it. Um, but as far as it all goes, the thing that I love most about the Galactic Civil War is the night and day comparisons that we get and the contrast that we get with the Empire and with the Rebels. With the Empire, everything's so sleek, it's so minimalistic, so monochromatic. And with the Rebels, it's all like hunky-dory thrown together, this, that, the other. And we can take a look visually simply at the starships, right? So here it is, the cut-and-dry Imperial TIE Fighter. It's sleek. It's polished, it's black, it's silver, and it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful, fine-tuned, nicely crafted. You look at the Rebellion. You look at a typical X-Wing. Red Squadron. Leia, what are you doing? And just, it's thrown together. It's sleek. It's fast. It's loud. It's in your face. It, I, I look at these. I look at an X-Wing. And I see like a, a street car. You know, something that you like mod, like a Subaru or something. I look at an X-Wing and I see just Rebel. I look at a TIE Fighter and I see Imperial Yes Man, by the book, this, that, the other, military, doodad, doodad. Not the biggest fan. I am not the biggest fan. I love the sound of the engine though. Oh my God. It's beautiful. It truly is just absolutely beautiful. The sounds that these engines make. And I, that's the contrast because with X-Wings, it's much more shallow. It's much more calm. Whereas TIE Fighters are just in your face. They are they're letting you know that they're there. It's driving home that, that image of fear that is just driving into your very soul. Even if you're, you know, falling from the wayside, you can hear it. And you know that it's going to be there. Whereas X-Wings, they just pop up. And you see that in the movies, too. Prime example, Episode 7. 
the X-Wings just rock up on Maz's castle. Save the day. But you don't expect them to. Of course you don't expect them to. But they do. Quietly. And I love that. I love that to death. I think that might be one of my favorite scenes of the modern Star Wars is that Maz's castle scene because of the X-Wings. And I know those aren't rebellion X-Wings. Oh my goodness, Leia's so cute. You guys wanna see her? She's very dark. She's very dark, so I don't know if you can see her or not, but she's adorable. Huh, yeah. But I really want to finish these sequels. And then I think I'm going to start a chronological order watch through. Starting it now and then just seeing how long it takes me. Not how long, but I'm not, I'm not spending Christmas with my missus um, as it was kind of like soft planned. That was the idea. Um... She's going to come here before I go to her next. So there's going to be some lonely nights, you know. It's going to be some lonely nights, and Star Wars has always been there for me in that case. <laughs> so I can't wait to watch me some Star Wars, you know. Get crazy. Get some Shirley Temple action going. Probably not Shirley Temple action, but we'll see. Maybe a cheeky, like, if Stevia made a lemon-lime, my god, I'd be all over it. But they only make cola, so I have to settle for a really bad Roy Rogers. But we take it. We take it. Now, I'm rambling about Roy Rogers at this point, but what I'm trying to say is the thing that I love most about the Empire and the Rebels, about the Galactic Civil War, really is, it really is, the contrast, and how easily you're able to tell the two apart. And I think those two are genuinely gorgeous. They're genuinely beautiful. And it makes me really excited to be a fan. When two sides are obviously such differences jedi and sith blue against red empire rebellion sleek versus disastrous first order against resistance gorgeous black white red versus all the colors of the rainbow you know what i mean power hope what wins talent hard work that's essentially how i see it and man star wars is just beautiful isn't it it really is because the stories are so simple the stories are so simple yet day in day out you get a little bit different of a perspective, however you want to look at it. 
Do you want to look at the sequels? Look at Ray as the main character? Go for it. Do you want to look at the sequels? Look at Kylo as the main character? Go for it. Finn? Go for it. Luke? Go for it. Because all of them, you're able to do so. All of them give you the ability to do so. And it's for that reason, man, that I thoroughly enjoy Star Wars. Moving on to the next segment. We've got some fan theories that I've came up with that I want to go into. Um, and there's a, there's a couple, right? And before we get into these theories, I do want to say thank you to everyone that's listened to the pod. And if you have enjoyed, definitely make sure to subscribe Follow us, whatever platform you're on. Leave us a five-star rating. It definitely helps. And follow me everywhere at Sotico, at Star Wars TAP. And don't forget to always tap in. One of the interesting facts about Luke, about Star Wars, is the, the blue milk that you see Luke drinking. And popular belief is that this stuff is tasty little do you know it's not really what you think it is you know you think milk and you think oh nice easy not a whole lot of flavor there blue milk is actually sweet it has sweet notes it kind of tastes very fruit-esque but it's not from a fruit Blue milk actually comes from Banthas. Funny enough, believe it or not. Um, which is one of my favorite little fun facts. One of my favorite little Star Wars fun facts. Is that blue milk is actually Bantha milk. So, take that with a grain of salt. Or, enjoy that one. <laughs> um... And another one about Luke, his garb in Return of the Jedi is obviously it's a it's a black suit. And that was designed specifically to help show the internal tug and pull that he's facing with the dark side. And early on, you legitimately see Luke use some dark side powers you see him force choke some gamorian guards and this led a lot of people to theorize that luke was a gray jedi gray jedis who were not followers of the traditional jedi sense but they were followers of the force someone sort of like balen skull gray jedis don't exist canonically it is just a literal fan theory. Um, but what I love about it the most is that it does give a little bit of context to why Luke would do, say, or act out certain things. And showing some conflict, in my estimations, in my opinion, is always one of the best things that you can do with a character. Showing a little bit of internal struggle because as humans, 
No one's ever perfect. We always have struggle. We always have thoughts. We always have self-doubting opinions on ourselves. And it would be frugal to think that we don't have that kind of stuff. So it was really refreshing as a first time active watcher of Star Wars to get to see imperfections. There's not a perfect character on the entire screen except Padme Amidala, but we're not even going to talk about her because we're talking about her son, right? Talking about big Luke here. Now, Luke was a perfect embodiment of contrast because everything that he was was everything that Darth Vader was not. And essentially it was also everything that Anakin was meant to be, right? That's what I adore about a character like Luke is because it set the table for then when we get a character like an Anakin Skywalker, we can then go and say like, oh, I like that. That does make a lot of sense. That That's special right there. Okay. So when you see Anakin in episode two, rocking the dark garbs, it's a good throw to Luke. It's a really good throw to Luke. And I loved it. Let's see. This is a theory of mine. This one's a theory of mine. And Jesus Christ, that's terrible. My theory goes that why was Luke on the island by himself? And my theory states Luke was on the island by himself because not only did the Jedi temple that he led burn down, corrupt, go to Ish, etc. I'm going to say that Luke's family, his wife, left slash died i think it's a good way to bring mara jade into canon and it's a good way to explain why he would seclude himself right we've all been there we've all been through it it would be understandable if luke were to self-isolate because his missus died it would make a lot more sense and The only bad issue is that I don't think J.J. Abrams meant for Luke to be a grumpy curmudgeon on an island. I think genuinely he went there for all the right reasons. But again, I think the writing was just sabotaged. If Luke didn't throw that damn lightsaber over his shoulder, I guess the last Jedi was just terrible. It was... In it was just story-wise, it didn't accomplish anything. It didn't expand upon anything. Didn't really move anything. Right? It just killed Luke Skywalker. And that's always going to be a very, very, very tough thing to do and a tough thing to bounce back from. And I feel for the writers of Episode Nine because they're like, "What? The this is not what we signed up for." What the heck is this? 
So, I'm going to make a video about writing episode 8 coming off of episode 7. <clears throat> I'm going to try and work on it with Van Seal and Mary J and Juder and all the Archives boys. And in the next episode of the Archives, we're going to go deep into that and just how we would fix it not the next episode but the one after because i really want to sit down and talk about it think about it hammer it out and present it to you guys properly so in a couple of weeks we'll be out with that um and then i'll make a video for it on my main channel as well moving on to our mailbag segment we have seven questions First one coming from Michael in Santa Clara, California. In episode four, Luke begins his journey to become a Jedi. How do you think his character evolved from this film to episode six? And what were some of the key moments that shaped his development? That's a solid question. And it's the question that kind of made me want to talk about Luke this episode. Instantly, you have to think about Dagobah. You have to think about his training with Yoda as a key point of his development. But ultimately, I do want to point it at Obi-Wan Kenobi's sacrifice. If Ben Kenobi doesn't love Anakin Skywalker so much, he doesn't die for his kids. But... Obi-Wan Kenobi loves Anakin so much that he literally died to save Anakin's kids. That's deep. That's storytelling. That's poetry. If that doesn't happen, I don't know if Luke takes the whole Jedi thing serious. Because he was obviously into it. He was obviously really into the idea. He was always chasing something to do with his father, right? But the issue being, he never had the opportunities to do so because he was being pigeon-held by his uncle. Well, Ben gave him those opportunities. I'll tell you about your father. I'll show you who he is. He's a good man and a good friend. And Ben really, I want to say, seduced him into wanting to be a Jedi, like his father. So that's point A of Luke wanted to be a Jedi. Point B is Ben dying. Point C is his training with, not even his training with Yoda. Point C is going to be, uh, there's a book, Heir to, I don't think it's Heir to the Jedi, but it's something, it's a Luke Skywalker POV book, like it's literally all from Luke's point of view, and it's really good, and Luke just, he knows, like, if I really want to help this rebellion, I have to take this Jedi stuff seriously, and that's what he does, and that's what he does. So he goes off and he, he practices and he tries his uh, to apply his Jedi learning. 
And it's a really, really, really good way of expanding upon his character. And I think that is probably point C. Point D is going to be his training with Yoda. And then point E is going to be his confrontation with Vader. And then after that, I think Luke is completely bought into becoming a Jedi. So really good question. Next one's from Sarah in Chicago, Illinois. With the prequel trilogy, we got to see the rise and fall of Anakin, who obviously later becomes Darth Vader. How do you think the prequels enhanced our understanding of his character and what impact do they have on the original trilogy? Well, you get introduced to Vader first, right? You know Vader before you know Anakin. Knowing Anakin simply gives context to what everyone said about Vader. Oh, he he was a good friend. He was the best star star pilot in the galaxy. There was good in him. He was a great warrior. He was the chosen one. All of that, all that lore you then get to see take place. So I think that's why it's so special. Episodes 1 to 3 with the Clone Wars, I think, are really, really, really special in telling Anakin's story from a slave to a Jedi Knight, you know? It's a really good story, and I love it to death. This one's from David in New York. If you could pilot any ship, which one would you choose and why? Oh, I think this is a dupe question, uh, but to answer it really quick, I'd probably say a cheeky X-Wing. An X-Wing would be sick. <laughs> an X-Wing would be sick. But I think we had that question last week. Um, but yeah, an X-Wing. I think it'd be really cool, really fast. Um, This one's from Lisa. What species or planet in Star Wars fascinates you the most? Ooh. So the, the species that fascinates me are Togruta. And the reason being is because... Their Montrals are themselves very sensitive to the world, to the force, to things around them. Um, and like, I think of them as like whiskers to cats, how whiskers on cats help them like balance, help them feel out what's going on. Montrals are like that with Togruta. And I think that's really cool. As far as planets goes, Mustafar, Mustafar for sure, Hoth, funny how contrasting those are, and I'll say Jakku, because the Battle of Jakku, very interesting why there was an Imperial battle there when it's a junkyard very interesting i'm actually really intrigued by it and i want to learn more about it 
Um, this one's from Brian in Seattle. What is your favorite Legends story in all of Star Wars? If you asked me that like a month ago, I say Plagueis. If you ask me that now, I'm saying Darth Bane. And I have a video in the works talking about the first Darth Bane books. A really good question. Darth Bane is something different than anything in Star Wars. And Keg has been talking about him forever. And I finally gave the book a go. Finished it. Loved it. I'm on book two right now. Uh, this one's from Emily in Denver. Star Wars is a very unique blend of science fiction and fantasy. How do you think this genre fusion contributes to the enduring appeal of the franchise? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of like a video game, right? It, it draws in people from both sides and both are very alluring in their own right. So you combine them it's bound to catch the appeal of almost everybody, right? Every Star Wars literally appeals to everyone, I feel. Um, and I feel like there's something for everyone in Star Wars. Show-wise, movie-wise, uh, video game, comic book, comics, books, audiobooks. You get the gist. I feel like there's something for anybody. And I think the combination of those two elements are pretty big. They're pretty big. Science fiction, I feel like for the longest time, was kind of carrying pop culture. Um, and it still does. It still does with like superhero stuff. This, that, the other. That seems to be all you get. But, yeah. I think that's a solid question. Something I didn't really think about. Last one's from James. What is your favorite Star Wars quote and why does it resonate with you? I mean, this one kind of circles back to Luke Skywalker. I am a Jedi like my father before me. When I think of Luke, that's the first quote that pops into my mind. And I get goosebumps just thinking about it, right? I got to see that movie in theaters, which made me so happy. I got to see the 40th anniversary in theaters. It was such a good day. I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone before I went in. She could see how excited I was. I cried multiple times. I've yet to watch episode six since. I'm going to watch it on the wraparound, but it was really good, man. You've failed, your highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Shout out to Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, man. Shout out to Return of the Jedi. And shout out to all of you. Thank you for a good episode of the Archives podcast. We'll be back on our normal Wednesdays coming next week. And with peace, knowledge, and serenity, may the force be with you. Don't forget to drop a like, 
subscribe, follow us, give us a five-star review, tweet at us at Star Wars TAP, follow us everywhere at Sotico and Star Wars TAP. And don't forget to always tap in.